Welcome back to Unraveling Travel Yarns. Today we're going to be talking about some of our travel challenges. And some of those are a bit unseen, of course, with our posting on either Facebook or Instagram. You tend to focus on some of the more positive things, and that's, I think, just human nature. I don't know. Or you, you want to... Ref- you want to look like you're looking good and you're doing well, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, we're here to cover all those challenges related to traveling. Of course, um, we talked about some of the challenges with, with regards to hiking, and we're going to talk about some of the challenges um, coming home as well in another episode, but these are specifically related to our uh, our traveling time. Yeah, so here's a bit of an overview of what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Yeah, some of the logistical issues that we kind of went through, you know, the planning process, uh, mentally, if there were any challenges personally, mm-hmm. um, any culture shock as well, and there was some, and being clear with the communication. I mean, that was a bit of a challenge between the two of us. We'll get into that. The absence of routine and not really knowing everything right away um, was a bit of a challenge. And then also some of the outside pressure regarding maybe some of our decisions or what mm-hmm. we did or what we didn't do and uh, wrapping your, your mind around that. And so, so we'll, we'll get into it right now. Yeah. yeah um, so the logistics, mm. which I think we did a pretty good job. You're, I think that's a strength for you for sure. But... Our first couple months, especially a lot of South America, because like I had said, I was nervous to leave and I needed that support of a schedule yeah. that we did book a lot of things up. So that really limited our flexibility and changing our schedule, which became a challenge when we'd talk to other people and they would give us tips and we can't make it because basically we booked tickets for Machu Picchu in October, Yeah, for October. And then that just limited everything before that. Yeah, so Colombia and Ecuador were a, a kind bit of rushed. Yeah, a little bit rushed. To, yeah, maybe like a week and a half in Colombia and mm-hmm. six days or so in Ecuador because we needed to get to Peru. And it's kind of interesting because we're another challenge of feeling the pressures of what you need to do when you're going places. That was kind of what Machu Picchu was for us. In, in like mm. in a way because people are like you're going you have to go to Machu Picchu yeah so we booked tickets way ahead of time but in saying that I'm also really happy we did because it was ease of mind kind of thing to, to to know that you had the tickets all yeah. lined up and you just really had to get there yeah for that day but also <laughs> experiencing it I, maybe I was just expecting it just to be okay because it's so hyped up but it, it truly is beautiful and breathtaking mm. and I would go back and visit Machu Picchu again. Uh, let's backtrack a bit because, okay. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from um, those people that do plan everything out. I mm-hmm. mean, I, th- I just think for this... I'm one of those people. Yeah. Well, yeah, for this adventure, mm-hmm. I think uh, the built-in flexibility is, is something that's really important. And uh, I'm glad we got there, you know, that we didn't have to, you know, plan things out three months in advance and we could kind of flow with it and plan things out two weeks in advance or something yeah. like that that was really handy i think so uh another thing uh with logistical things regarding i guess our smartphones uh, google maps and maps me we used a lot of but in other countries it's not as reliable uh as here in north america you know the the walking and transit times or even transit information was just non-existent so 
we really had to uh, yeah work pretty hard to to figure out all that information. So that was a, that was a huge challenge, yeah. Yeah, because there's a, a few times that we would say, "Oh, we want to walk here," and we'd <laughs> look at the the route for Google Maps or Maps Me giving yeah. us the information, and then we're walking, and all of a sudden, like we're we're what we feel are fairly unsafe neighborhoods, and we're going up and down mm-hmm. um, like all these staircases and back alleys. It's like, why are you taking me here, Google Maps? You're telling me it's going to take a 40-minute walk, and it's been an hour and a half, and yeah. I don't even think we're halfway there yet. Yeah. And then, so it's just like, maybe we should just stick to bigger streets, even though it looks longer on yeah. what Google Maps or Maps Me is providing me. I think it's the safer route and a little bit uh, more direct. Route. Yeah, Maps Me had some like walking trails, so it would kind of, I think in some cases, just go through like people's backyards and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it was strange. <laughs> I guess another logistical thing about where we wanted to stay, we had to figure out how long we were in a city for, and are we willing to to walk from the bus station and the train station to um, our hostel that's closer to downtown or closer to the sites we want to see, or do we want to kind of stay at an in-between location? Yeah, you're constantly right? like weighing like the pros and cons of places and the pricing factor, and yeah, just being close to like that major transit hub and being close also to where all the action's happening or where all the attractions are. So yeah, it's just a, a constant challenge, I guess, for us and an activity that we had to go through pretty well every day mm-hmm. uh, and figuring out, yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, that's pretty well it, I think, for the yeah. logistical category. It wasn't, we didn't have too much trouble on that front. Uh, I think a lot of it, a lot of these challenges, not just the logistical one, but recognizing that it's something that we're not used to mm-hmm. and accepting and moving on and growing with that right because it I mean it doesn't sound like much but when you just have to change your thinking a bit yeah it yeah it takes some time getting into that mode for sure for yeah. both of us and uh yeah and we're going to get um, into some of the uh, the mental challenges as well for both of us and and we talked about that a little bit in the previous episode with the hiking um covered a lot of that so uh, we'll get into some of the other stuff well, here. I think even like the um, some of the things that we faced while hiking, because we had the time to ourselves, it kind of those type of thoughts sometimes came into hmm. to play just on a not daily basis, but every once in a while they'd pop in. Yeah. And it, it wasn't just the long walks of challenging yourself then for walking a certain distance, but then just your daily life. Am I going to challenge myself today? Yeah. Yes, you have to. Why am I negotiating this with myself? Yeah. Just yeah, because you had some early nervousness, mm-hmm. you know, hence why we, we planned quite a bit of uh, the early part of the trip out, like, to a T. Mm-hmm. Um, but you would, like, question why you're, st- like, like, why are we doing yeah. this? Or, why like, why are we traveling? And Yeah, um, I think a lot of it, too, because we were doing, not that we were doing touristy things necessarily, but mm-hmm. just kind of, why are we doing this? Why am I out here? Why did I leave the place that I'm comfortable at, like, the space that I'm comfortable in? To, to be here in a country that I, I'm not able to speak or understand their language mm-hmm. and just realize it's okay, I, I can learn things. We'd go to museums, like in Santiago, going to yeah. a museum there. It's like, oh, like there's things that are going on in the world that we have no idea. Yeah. That, that's why we're doing this, so to learn, to help ourselves grow, to just realize we're, I mean... Well, yeah. You know. <laughs> It's I guess like, we kind of grow up thinking like, oh yeah, the, the Americas or the Western world, it's, you know, 
the center of everything but then you get outside of that you get into south america southeast asia and you realize mm-hmm. like these are amazing places they have a rich history and and, like, and beautiful welcome, welcoming people yeah and just, yeah so i mean it's okay to feel that though like I think, anyways. I mean, we each deal with it in different ways. I kind of like just push forward and put my head down and deal with it kind of thing. I don't know if that's so healthy, but you're more like outward with your your thoughts and expressions and how you're feeling and kind of manifests itself. <laughs> in I'm, your... I'm outward with you. I don't... Right. Yeah, <laughs> with you I am, but... A lot of people mm. don't know. That. I think I put a, a good game face on. Maybe mm. I don't. Maybe people can see through it, but it doesn't matter. Um, but something else that was hard was not having a network around. Like, we both worked. We both have family and yep. friends here. So leaving all of that, although we could connect with them on our phones, Yeah. I'm, I'm with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, yeah. which I loved, but it's, it's still... That was a big change. Mm-hmm. We, like we had said before, we never really spend that much time together when we're at home. So going from rarely seeing each other to being each other's only company. Yeah. That was a big change. Yeah, there was just the the absence of the face-to-face from our, from our, our network here mm-hmm. at home. And maybe tying back into the volunteering episode, maybe that's one of the main reasons we enjoyed the volunteering so much because we were with other volunteers we connected with mm-hmm. our, our hosts as well i mean we kind of got into a routine uh which we're more accustomed to back home and so maybe that's a reason yeah. why the volunteering was so powerful yeah because as well in hostels there's lots of the the small talk whatever mm-hmm. the volunteering allowed more of a, a relationship with someone yeah and then just talking about you being my only company really for 24 7 that's a lot of people would ask when we were uh, in the yeah. hostels, like, oh, so you, you guys have been traveling together for eight <laughs> months. So so how many days a week do you guys just go, okay, you go this way, I'll go that way. Like, oh, no, we actually spend every day together and we do things together. Like, th- really, the only time that we wouldn't be spending together would, like, if I was sleeping. Yeah, bunk beds, bunk or, beds or, or, or bathroom like, breaks. Or, the one time they made a mistake and you were in a different dorm room completely, but yeah. that was fine. <laughs> Yeah. We didn't really need too much time apart from one another. And I'm not saying we didn't get into fights. I mean, there there mm-hmm. were some arguments, but we just talked it out. And it was mainly in regards to just the planning of the trip and making sure we were communicating effectively. And each of us were kind of, you know, getting out of this travel experience what we wanted. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think those are positive fights to have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it wasn't uh, anything major or... Mm-hmm getting on each other's nerves or anything like that because so. i i know i can get on people's nerves i get on my own nerves sometimes if i have too much energy or i haven't been outside but mm-hmm. i think that maybe only happened after the camino in in Mushia. yeah I mean, you're used like, to walking about uh, you know anywhere from 20 to 30 kilometers every day and getting into a rhythm and then after you know 33 days doing that the 34th day you're bouncing off the walls. Of yeah. course, of course, that's gonna happen. You yeah. know, I drove myself crazy, yeah. but but my feet hurt and I couldn't walk. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, but another challenge, I guess, culture shock, which wasn't as big of a, an issue as maybe some people have yeah. going because we we went in with the mindset of we're entering somebody else's country. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, you're just a guest. You you just kind of have that mentality that you're a guest going in, and you're respectful. And even if you don't 
know the language. Uh, body language does wonders. Uh, mm-hmm. Gesturing with your hands. Um, and I, I think it's, it's beneficial speaking English because a lot of people yeah. learn it. But it was also, um, it's also kind of challenging, and maybe as well in North America, because that's the language we speak. Whereas in yeah. Europe, they can speak three or four languages and just go. It, it feel like English, although I'm able to communicate with everyone, everyone with yeah. it mostly, it's limited me in realizing that I can learn more. Mm. I can speak English, and that's it. And if I spoke another language. Maybe I'd want to learn English and learn this language and learn that language because I have that uh, that system set up in me to to learn more. And there was many times that we connected with people, but we weren't able to talk with them, and that was hard for me to mm-hmm. to see that. Like there was a nice, um, cute little man in Valparaiso who kept on talking to us as we walked up the hill. Yeah, <laughs> and then it was like maybe like week number two or three that we were there that we like we were able to tell him in Spanish that we couldn't speak Spanish yeah. and he's like oh but still would would talk with us and in Peru as well the man we thought maybe he was just asking us for money but then he started showing us pictures of him when he was younger and, yeah and that was really nice and we just sat and talked and then uh, on the Camino the French couple yeah we were piecing together bits of our you know uh, <laughs> French from school what grade four to grade ten nine ten, or nine, yeah. ten that we were working with and trying to pull some of the vocabulary out of us. And they were trying as well with the English. So <laughs> it was just a nice yeah, connection. But to, yeah, they were lovely. And you wish you could have more of a connection. But I mean, I think they were still special. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly we still remember yeah. <laughs> our relationship with them. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, language was a big one, especially in South America. I guess maybe we were hoping or... Uh, I but, thought maybe there would just be more of it. Be more English spoken, but mm-hmm. uh, there was not. And we just had to kind of cope with that right off the bat. And I think that was the best thing because it just kind of put us in our place, you know? Yeah. And um, as we went in South America, like further south, uh, we noticed like the dialect was changing a little bit and the types of, you know, it, I feel like it was easier in Colombia, Ecuador, Peru but then you started getting into Bolivia, Chile, Chile, and Argentina. I mean, it's just like it's almost completely different. The the, the, the yeah, dialects. Yeah. yeah um, currency as well. I don't know if that's a culture shock. It's just kind of adjusting within each country um, to the currency and calculating in your head and making sure you don't take out too much because in a lot of cases uh, we'd have to take out the money uh, because cards weren't accepted or whatever we I mean we tried our best to play with credit card and things like that mm-hmm. but uh it was just kind of a little game we would play right yeah like <laughs> I think we can take out this much because you don't want to go back to the ATM because you're going to get charged for using an right. ATM that's not with your bank that's in a different country if you take away too much as well then you have to get it exchanged and sometimes the rates were not favorable yeah um but there's a lot of like at borders that you could yeah. exchange I guess the only time that we've really got stuck with money is leaving Tanzania. Yeah. We still have, what, like 50 or 60,000 shillings worth, oh, which is oh. only like 60 bucks Canadian, but yeah, no, I, so. we can't find anywhere that wants to take it. We it, just took out too much. They consider it a soft currency, so yeah. it's not... <laughs> I, I think we've tried six or seven different banks or currency exchange or... Like, even when we went back to Africa and to Morocco, they wouldn't, they're like, no, we're not going to take that currency. It's like, you can just even give me half of what it's worth. I just, I don't have any use for this, so. Well, maybe we'll look in our notebook to see if we have any addresses of 
we stayed with the, oh, yeah. the Airbnb host that was quite nice and yeah. we just send it over or Richard our guide for yeah. Kilimanjaro so yeah we've got options to send it back um, another issue was food as uh, some of you know we were vegan before leaving then we about two weeks in found that it was very difficult to find uh, the things we needed to sustain ourselves. So we went vegetarian. I think it was about a month in. Yeah. It was the morning that we first started the Kiotoa Loop. Okay. And um, in our whatever package that we paid for for that room included breakfast, and all that they had for breakfast was a piece of bread and an egg. Mm. So I was like, well, we could eat just that piece of bread, but that's not going to take us the 11 kilometers right. on this hilly route. So for myself, I need to eat this egg. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing when you're you're you have access to a grocery store and you're a- able to go in. Um, it's another thing when like food is being provided for you or it's included in some sort of a package uh, with the place that you're staying. So, I think you can be picky to a point, but like when it, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I think yeah, just saying no meat was okay. But like when you start, but still a challenge for yeah, some in some places with cheeses and milks and eggs and things like that people really look at you like you're crazy and i guess maybe yeah when we left we thought south america would have more of the the rice beans type dishes but i think that's more central america so <laughs> I mean, they, yeah they had it but it was yeah. a lot of chicken and a lot of yeah yeah but i think we survived and I, we could have i guess switched back yeah. uh yeah we did survive <laughs> <laughs> and i think we survived very well <laughs> But it was kind of nice as well because it opened up even our lunches. A lot mm. of times we would go to grocery stores and we would be able to buy things just to eat right then instead of have to go home, yeah. prepare it. And, and as well, in the kitchens of hostels we were at, we didn't know what they had. Yeah. So you, you're like, okay, well, you say you have a stove, but it's not really a stove. It's just this weird type of microwave burner thing. Yeah. So you, you have to make a lot of adjustments. And mm-hmm. I mean, we love eating. We eat a lot. It opened us up to some of the other traditional um, type dishes as well. Mm-hmm. I think on the El Camino, we had quite a bit of Spanish tortilla. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what a Spanish tortilla is, it's basically like an omelet, but with like potatoes and it's a lot like, of good like stuff. It's like the size of a pie, yeah. like the thickness of it's a pie. It's very thick and basically fueled us to walk across Spain. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was delicious. <laughs> it was amazing. Um uh, I don't think any of the customs or traditions in any of the countries were very shocking to us. I mean, we tried our best to be respectful and flexible. And yeah, like we said, we're guests in mm-hmm. that country. So uh, yeah, we mentioned as well before, but the communication between the two of us, mm. not that it was, well, I guess it is a challenge, but it was something that's not only good for our time traveling, but I think it's good for our relationship overall for, our, for life. Yeah. To, to realize that, okay, maybe I have an issue. It's the smallest issue, but I'm going to bring it up because I, at least for me, I can let that grow yeah. in, inside me. And, and become and something else. It becomes something, yeah. Just, yeah. And then every, like, every action after that will seem terrible, even though it's not. I know it's just that. It's, it's, and a lot of the times, even when I just would start talking about it, and I realize, I'm like, oh, that's nothing. Okay, moving on. Yeah, and I think it's... You know, it's still something we're working on, and mm-hmm. I think everyone should always be constantly working on communication. Um, yeah, we're both individuals. We have different thoughts, desires, um, and it's important to make sure what we do, where we go, is okay for you know both parties. Um, yeah, ongoing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's nice as well, our relationship. 
there's also a good friendship mm-hmm. in it. So not only were you a married couple, but we are best friends traveling. So it's yeah. it kind of nice having that. And then that's another reason to be open just to, to keep our friendship growing as well as our marriage. Why are you laughing? No, I'm just I'm <laughs> smiling more. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, yeah, uh, going back to sort of the communication issues, like we would even like... Uh, like with some of the small things like the grocery stores and buying like what we were going to eat that night or um, communicating you know how we were going to cook it or if it was going to be used for other things you know sometimes we would purchase like a bag of carrots and that would also act as our snack for the next day or a snack for the day but we could cook it up at night or we tried to be smart about those things Um, and also figuring out how long we're going to be where we are so sure we buy the bag of carrots but tomorrow we're going into another country can we yeah can we take, take that can we take that so yeah. just the, the timing and yeah. the timing of our grocery shopping as well of the amount we would buy at that time yeah and also just like how yeah how much time we were spending in the country right and mm-hmm. if we had storage space for it uh, that sort of thing and whether or not we buy the water <laughs> that's another <laughs> Week one, I learned I learned that lesson quickly. Buy the water, otherwise Nick will pass out in the Amazon. Yeah, the essentials. Just oh, pay yeah. the 30 cents. Or the $7. Yeah, whatever it is, you need water to survive. So. Yeah. <laughs> so we're getting into the next challenge, which was kind of our absence of routine and not really knowing everything so Mm -hmm. yeah just adjusting to time zones you know and walking tour schedules or needing to be flexible that's that sense Uh, yeah and our normal routine has left us we have to adjust to a new type of routine Mm -hmm. to wake up to to eat but you're eating differently because you're in this space with however many other people needing the kitchen and you're still kind of quiet because how many people are still sleeping I know I'm leaving tomorrow, so should I pack my bag mostly tonight? Yeah. Or like figuring that out so that you can get out quickly and without disturbing too many people because some people are the worst coming in really late, yeah. like 3, 4 a.m. And then some people being terrible leaving at 6 a.m. with like the plastic bags everywhere. Yeah. So just, just adjusting um, what is normal to you. And sometimes you felt like maybe you should dish out some payback. I think, you know, like, yeah, oh, if this yeah. person came in at 3 a.m. and made a ton of noise and woke Turned me up, all the lights. then it, when I'm getting up in the morning, I'm going to be just as noisy. But I don't think we did that, but we, we, we were tempted. <laughs> um, so, yeah, for each new place, I mean, we had to learn all over again where to find all the things you need. So mm-hmm. yeah, your grocery store or bank machine or, I mean, yeah, we just kind of had a list of questions that we would ask at the hospital right away. Do you have a map available? You know, like we need to kind of get our bearings and figure out where everything is. And you can gather some of that before you're there, but it doesn't mean anything until you start walking those streets. So, yeah. Yeah. And getting the bearing even just within the hostel. So yeah. it's like, we see, like, why does this one only have two toilets for 50 people? I mean, there wasn't that yeah. bad, but sometimes it was. I think there was one hostel. In New Zealand, we couldn't even find a shower. Yeah. In Wellington. Yeah. yeah, We're like, where is the shower? So I'm like, I guess I'm just not showering today. Like, whatever. It's just us in the rental car the next day. Yeah. We'll figure that out later. (laughs) But it's just, yeah, the smallest things, you just have to be aware of them, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, I guess another challenge was the outside pressures, which we've maybe talked about before, of just talking with people and asking, like, have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this? 
and having that kind of measuring stick people are trying to size up how good you are and how yeah. they compare in relationship to yeah. whatever so it was hard to realize that it doesn't matter just do what you need to do for yourself or for us mm-hmm. uh, and then also with like oh so you are you writing a blog or are you writing a book or should yeah. we be posting again on instagram we haven't talked to our family like in a video chat for a while so there's those type of pressures mm-hmm. um just i think just realizing that you feel that way it, like it's it's okay and just so our audience knows we don't we don't feel pressure in making these podcasts it's something fun for us to do mm-hmm. we kind of came up with it late in our traveling thinking oh that would be great if people are interested they can tune in and whatever uh, but yeah. again like that's kind of something that's good for us sure yeah. like if someone else can benefit from it but yeah. it's good for us to have our communication lines open and yeah. to break down for ourselves what um what this year has been for us yeah i guess maybe living up to this adventure like what like what mm. are we doing it justice are we doing the best that we can with our time and so you kind of have that in the back of your mind like you can't possibly do every single thing there is to do in each country we've kind of talked about what yeah what we're interested in doing and what fits with the budget and all that sort of stuff so mm-hmm. do you have anything else you wanted to add to the various challenges? I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, thank you very much for listening to our challenges. Yeah, and thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, it's good to reflect on how we've had to adjust to, to make the most out of everything. And we really appreciate all of the comments and uh, the questions we've been getting. Uh, if you have a question that we haven't covered, Please do send it along. Yeah, we've got a few more episodes on the way. And we hope you enjoy them. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Bye.